Welcome to the Faith Talk podcast. We're excited you are listening today. Prepare to be challenged and inspired through today's episode. We pray that every fear is dispelled and your faith is increased as you hear the word of God. Now, let's listen in with our host, Caleb Schaefer. We're going to go to Genesis chapter 6 this morning. And if you found it, if you can, will you stand to your feet with me? We're going to read a few verses from Genesis today. The Bible says this, starting at verse 5. Then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great on the earth, and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was continually only evil. The Lord was sorry that he had made man on the earth, and it grieved him in his heart. So the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both both man and beast, and the creeping things, and the birds of the sky, for I am sorry that I have made them. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. These are the generations of Noah. Noah was a man, just a man, and blameless among his contemporaries. Noah walked with God, and Noah had three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. The earth was corrupt before God and filled with violence. God looked on the earth and saw it was corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted their way on the earth. So God said to Noah, the end of all flesh is come before me. For the earth is filled with violence because of them. Now I will destroy them with the earth. And then skipping down to verses 17 and 18, I will bring a flood of waters on the earth to destroy all flesh. Wherever there is breath of life under heaven and everything that is on earth will die, but I will establish my covenant with you. You must go into the ark, you and your sons and your wife and your son's wives with you. Father God, we thank you today for your word. I thank you, God, that you have a remnant. God, that there's a remnant. God, that you have always had a people, God, who are separate from everything else. You've always had a people who are doing what's right in your eyes. You've always had a people, God, who will stand up for right and proclaim truth, God, and not worry about what other people are going to think and what other people are going to say or do. God, that you have had a people who will stand firm in the faith. And God, I pray that as we go through your word today, God, that you will reveal to us that that is who we are called to be in this day, that you will reveal to us that we are the remnant as we study your word today I pray that you would place it down into our hearts never let us forget it and God we give you glory for your word we thank you for your word today in Jesus name we pray amen amen you can be seated in the house of God this morning what a precious presence in here today there are a lot of times in the Bible where there are references to a remnant There are a lot of times in the Bible where there's a a reference to some sort of a remnant, a residue, a a remainder. There is uh, uh, this word, all of these words, they talk about what remains after a war or what remains after a time of testing or a disaster or a period of apostasy. And this is what's left over after an outside force has acted on something and taken a large portion of it away. After the war, the portion of the army that's not been killed or taken captive is the remnant of the army. After a disaster where a building or a city has been destroyed, those who survive are the remnant. 
After a great falling away, those who hold on to their faith and are still doing what's right in the sight of the Lord are the remnant. And at the time from the generation of Adam, as it progressed toward the time of the flood in Genesis, the world population grew rapidly. There were people being born all over the place as sons and daughters of Adam and Eve spread out across the earth with all of their life and they lived out their lifetimes. Their lives were long and they could pass down the traditions of hundreds of years because they had done a lot and seen a lot in their lifetimes. Imagine being living to be 700 or 800 or 900 years old. Somebody said, I can't imagine living to be 100. Well, just multiply that. So between people having babies and people living to the ripe old age of several, several hundred years old, there would have been millions or even billions of people on the earth at the time. Population growth would have grown exponentially. And even though they had traditions passed down from the beginning of time, even though they had the traditions and the history passed down, they slowly began to let things creep in. And eventually they began to turn from what they knew. The message was proclaimed but increasingly, it was ignored as the age progressed. When you have men of God like Methuselah and Enoch who had walked with God and who had seen and been part of great things that God was doing in the earth, they, they would have passed down their traditions. Methuselah would have passed down the traditions. They would have told the stories of how Enoch was, was just there and all of a sudden he was gone. I'm sure they told of what God had spoken to them and what God had done. And slowly, even though the people knew the truth, they began to turn. Can I just tell you that such a dramatic turn doesn't happen overnight. It's not like someone's flipped a switch and everyone changed their mind all of a sudden. It's a gradual thing. There's a gradual decrease in morals. There's a gradual decrease in values. It's a gradual decrease in obedience to the word of God. Notice I said a gradual uh, decrease in the obedience to the word of God because there was no shortage of preachers. It was the obedience to the word of God that was decreasing. People were preaching. People were telling the truth. But the obedience to the word of God was falling away. And even as Noah was building the ark, don't you think that he was telling people to get right with God? Don't you think that, I mean, we, we read the Bible and all we really read in the Bible about the actual building of the ark was, where it was one scripture where it says Noah did everything just as God commanded him. But don't you think that if you were making a giant floating city, people would be like, hey, Noah, what are you doing? What you got going on over here? And don't you think that Noah was telling people as he was building the ark uh, what he was taking all those supplies for? Don't you think that he was telling people what he needed all that pitch and gopher wood for? Don't you think that he was telling people why he needed cartloads uh, of hay and cartloads of food for all these animals? And people were probably asking him, what are you doing? Don't you think that he was scorned and mocked as he was building it? And people were looking at him thinking he's going crazy. He's building a floating zoo. And and all the while the testament was there that Noah was building the ark because God was going to cleanse the earth of wickedness 
And Noah was probably preaching to the people. People would have known the truth and they would have heard about Enoch who was taken away. They would have heard about all the things that God did through Methuselah. And even though they knew all those things, they still ignored it. They still refused to obey the word of God. They refused to do what was right. And they had slowly and gradually gotten to this place where they would not repent and they would not give God charge of their lives. They would not give up their lifestyles. It didn't happen all of a sudden. It took time. It took time. It takes time to backslide. It takes time to go back into your old ways. If you're a believer, it takes time to go back into sin. You didn't wake up one day after being delivered of drugs and being clean eight to 10 years and say, I'm going to go be a full blown drug addict today. You didn't wake up after 25 years free from alcohol and say, you know what? I'm going to the liquor store and I'm getting right back into it and I'm going to be an alcoholic again. It doesn't happen that way. It happens so slowly and so quietly that you don't even know what's happening. Let me tell you something about sin. That sin didn't start when you committed it. Sin didn't start when you actually committed it. That sin started long before you actually did the sin. Because at some point in your heart and your mind, you have to cross a threshold where you go from, I can't do that, touch not the unclean thing, to saying to yourself, well, it's really not that bad. I'm, it's not going to send me to hell if I do it once. It's not going to really, no one's going to know. And see, that's the trap that people fall into. There is a sin threshold that is crossed before people ever commit the sin. And they think just because they're actually not outright committing the sin, that they're not wrong. But in their mind, they're okay with the sin. They're okay with the concept of it. It's really not that bad if I... If I'm with my friends and we just want to... If no one really knows, if no one finds out, how bad can it be? And it's okay in the mind and the heart of a person before they ever actually commit the sin. And that's why Jesus said, but I say unto you, whosoever looks at a woman to lust after her has committed adultery with her already in his heart. Why? Because your mind has already gotten to the point where that sin would be okay with you if you got an opportunity to commit it. Sin is a slow-moving monster, and if you give it a little place in your heart, it doesn't matter what you say or do. Thinking it's okay will eventually make it okay for you to do it. That's why James said, when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. Sin didn't start out with the sin. Sin started out with you thinking that the, that particular sin wasn't as bad as God made it out to be. And there are tons of sins that we think about that way. There are tons of sins that we think, well, it's really not that bad of a sin. I mean, we, we have a sin scale, really, that we weigh everything out on. We think, that, we think that God has a point system. We think that certain sins are worth more points and certain sins are worth less points and you know uh, well these are the big and bad ones over here and I guess I didn't kill anyone or steal from anyone I can't be drunk or use drugs but if I lie and gossip those are on the lower end of the scale it's quiet in here today it wasn't a whole sin 
It was just a half a sin. I didn't go the whole way into it. I didn't inhale. Right? We didn't go the whole way. It was just, it was, it was less of a sin because we didn't do the whole thing. And so somewhere along the line, people had slowly turned from the truth. They had begun to compromise a little bit and they had begun to let a little sin in here and a little sin in there. And the snowball effect had taken a place. And now we get to a point in the Bible where God says, I have got to destroy everybody. And there's only one family in the whole world who is left who are righteous. There's only one man and his wife and his children and their wives who God would save out of everyone in the whole earth. There was a great falling away that had taken place and God said, enough is enough. I'm going to destroy everyone here because their wickedness has overtaken them. Imagine the level of wickedness that they had to have gotten to. Imagine the level of wickedness because we see what's going on today. We see what's going on in the world around us. And we're still here. Imagine the level of wickedness that was taking place. They'd become too wicked for God to tolerate it any longer. And so God tells Noah, build an ark and get your family on it. Noah's family was the remnant out of the whole human race. They were the ones who God had spared because he could use them. They were the ones who were called out to be separate. When the entire world was going in a different direction, they were the ones who were going against the grain. They were swimming against the current. They refused to change their beliefs and change their ways to fit in to be cool or relevant. They didn't feel like they had to participate in what everybody else was participating in or doing because they knew their God and they knew that he was speaking to them. So God flooded the earth. He spared no one except for Noah and his family. And then if you look through other biblical examples, through biblical history, you can see more examples where God had a remnant. God had a remnant. In the city of Sodom and Gomorrah, God was getting ready to destroy that. And Abraham prayed and he said, God, if you find 10 righteous people, will you spare the city? But at the end of the day, the only people that God could find was Lot and his family. And even the entirety of Lot's family didn't make it out of Sodom and Gomorrah safely. Lot was the remnant. Out of all the children of Israel, only Joshua and Caleb survived the wanderings of the Hebrew people through the desert because they refused to believe that they could not have what God said they could have. When everyone else doubted, Joshua said, no, we will have it. And Caleb said, we will possess the land. It doesn't matter how big and bad they are. It doesn't matter how big they look. Our God is bigger and he'll do what he said he would do. And they were allowed to enter into the promised land after all the original people from Egypt had died they were the remnant at the time of the destruction of Jerusalem in the first temple times the population of Israel seemed to have been a few million Jews Nebuchadnezzar's early raid in 605 BC brought Daniel and his three godly companions along with an unknown number of other Jews from Babylon to Babylon in, in this raid a few years later Nebuchadnezzar took 10,000 prisoners including the king when the final destruction of Jerusalem came in 586 BC, as many as a million people had died. Shortly after this, Nebuchadnezzar erected a statue and commanded everyone to bow down. But there were three men named Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and they said, we will not bow to anyone except our God. 
the one true God. And they became a remnant of the people who had given in to worshiping a false idol. Not all those who fled to Babylon were, who were taken there by force were believers as the book of Ezekiel makes clear, but the believing remnant at the time of the Babylonian captivity would have been a few thousand probably in number. 70 years later, a godly remnant of Jews would return to Jerusalem to rebuild first the temple and then later the walls and the city. This took place under leadership of outstanding godly individuals like Nehemiah, Ezra, Haggai, and Zerubbabel. Most of the Jews stayed behind comfortably living in Babylon though after the time of return, only a small fraction returned to their city. Ezra chapter two names about 49,800 returnees. And this returning group was considered only a remnant. And so it would seem that throughout the Bible, there has always been a remnant. There is always a people who are sold out to God, who will give in, who will not give into the things of the world, who will settle not to be a part of what everyone else is doing, who will say, they're, 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 this is the way we should go. This is the right way. And while everybody else is doing the wrong thing and going the wrong direction, there's always a remnant who will stand for what is right. When everyone else is bowing down, the remnant stands up. When everyone else is having a party, the remnant is fasting and praying and weeping. And when the time comes for judgment, it's always the remnant who gets spared. When things are ending for everyone else, it's the remnant who survives. God makes sure to save the remnant because he knows that they're faithful to him. He knows that they're trusting in him. I believe that with all of my heart, we are currently in one of those strategic inflection points in the history of the world. There's a mark being placed on the timeline of the history of the world that signifies something enormous is happening. And just as it was before Noah and his family got onto the ark, there has been a gradual decline in morals. There is a falling away that is taking place. There are people who are walking away from true biblical principles right and left there is wickedness in the hearts of men they are lovers of pleasure they have turned away from the things that they've been taught they have turned away from truth they have turned from righteousness and just as it is in the days of Noah there is no shortage of preachers there's no shortage of preachers there's a church on every corner you can Turn on Christian television anywhere you go. Get on your smartphone and pull a Bible up. Pull some sort of a Christian teaching up. There's Christian books everywhere. You go to the bookstore, there's a whole section. There's a whole Christian music section everywhere you go. You can download it. You can have it on CD. You can get it on your iPod or your iPad. And there is preacher preaching everywhere. Preaching everywhere. There are churches with messages on their marquees. There are signs, billboards along the road. There's not a shortage of preachers. There are bumper stickers. The only thing is that there's not a shortage of preachers. There's a shortage of obedience. There's not a shortage of preachers. There's a shortage of obedience. Not only is there a shortage of obedience, there's an escalation in the amount of hatred and the, the amount of defiance toward the things of God. It's not just that there is an escalation in 
the decrease in obedience, there's an escalation in hatred, hatred and defiance toward the things of God. And I think that that is really where we get into trouble. I think that that is really what happened back in the days of Noah, where the defiance toward the things of God, where people knew the truth, but they just refused it. Where people knew what was right, but they just refused to do it. In all my life, I never thought I'd see the things that we're seeing in the world today. They're not just disobeying. They're not just committing sin. People who used to sin would sin in private. They would secretly commit their sins. They didn't want anyone to know. They hid it behind closed doors. It was taboo. But now they're committing sins in the streets. Now they're having parades about sin. Now they're having festivals about sin. Now they're having celebrations. They're making TV shows and movies about sin. They're celebrating sin. But they're not just sinning and celebrating it. They're also thumbing their nose at God while they do it. There are pop stars who mock the cross in their concerts. There are, I've seen pictures of people mocking the crucifixion in parades as they celebrate sin. There are movies that take a Christian concept and pervert it while people flock to see the movies in the theater. But God said, I'm looking for a remnant. I'm looking for the ones who won't do the things that everybody else is doing. I'm looking for the ones who don't have time to waste. I'm looking for the ones who love me more than they love their fleshly desires and even their comfort. I'm looking for the ones who won't give in to the idols of the world. I'm looking for the ones who will take a stand and not back down if they're the only person in the whole world who's standing for what's right they don't care if they're the only person in the world who will get a hold of me when all the king's horses and all the king's men have turned away from the king and gone into apostasy God said I'm looking for a remnant people I'm looking for the ones who will stand for what's right he's looking for a remnant in the United States he's looking for a remnant in the tri-state area. He's looking for a remnant in your town. And dare I say, he's looking for a remnant inside the church. He's looking for the remnant at your school. He's looking for the remnant at your job. The person who will say, I'm gonna be different. I'm gonna be the light. I'm gonna be the salt. I'm not going to be the one who does what everybody else is doing. I'm gonna be the one who goes against the grain. And one of the things that I love about the Tri-State Ministry Center is that we are a remnant church. We are a remnant church. We stand up when everyone else is going a different route and we say that's not something the Bible says we should do. We're not afraid to proclaim the truth We've not, we're not afraid to let people know that sin is sin and right is right and wrong is wrong. Listen, we've had things written about us. We've had things posted about us. Uh, we've had all sorts of things said to us and about us. We've had people hate us and threaten us, but we keep standing for what's right because we believe we're a remnant people. And being a part of the remnant, listen to this, is not something that happens accidentally either. Just as sin is not something that happens accidentally, being a part of the remnant is not something that happens accidentally. It takes hard choices. And in fact, the remnant who were spared were the remnant before they ever got spared. 
The remnant who gets spared is always the remnant before they get, get spared. They've made it up in their mind. I'm going to be different. I don't know what's going to happen. I might die, but I'm still going to do what's right. They are a remnant people before they ever get spared. It takes choices where you know you're going to be ostracized and you're going to be rejected for standing for certain things. You know that you're going to make people and the devil mad for standing for what's right. But you have to make up in your mind that whatever comes your way, the only one who has an opinion that matters is God. The only one that you need to worry about getting a pat on the back from or saying good job to you one day is him. And I believe that God is calling on some remnant people today. I believe that God is calling on some Noahs today. I believe God is calling some Joshuas and some Calebs today. I believe that God is calling some Daniels and some Shadrachs and Meshachs and Abednegoes who will stand up for the truth when everything else around them is saying, just go with the flow. Just go with the flow of things. Just do what everybody else is doing. It's okay. Grace covers at all. Just do what everybody else is doing. You don't want to stand out. You don't want to, you don't want to make waves. Fit in, fit in, fit in with your friends. Go out and have a party. When everybody else is doing what's wrong, the remnant are the people who will stand for what is right. The world will tell you, don't try to fight what's happening. You're already exhausted. You deserve a break. You're tired. You, you, you're, you're tired. It's easier if you just go along. Just float in the lazy river of life. Don't, don't have a big problem with it. Don't make scenes. Just go along with it. That's the way the world's headed. It'll be all right. And I believe that there is a remnant people who will cry out for truth and who will still cry out for righteousness even as they're building their ark and people are ridiculing them even as they're gathering the animals and people are mocking them even as the rain is beginning to drop out of the sky and people are laughing and saying it's just a little water Noah it's just a little drizzle Noah I believe that there are some people who are going to speak up and stand up for what's right and become part of the remnant when the world and the church are mixing together and you can't tell one from the other you can't tell if you're at a church meeting or you can't tell if you're down at the bar. You can't tell if you went to the club or if you went to youth group. You can't tell if you went to a support group or if you went to prayer meeting. Somebody's got to stand up for truth in these last days and let some people know judgment's coming. Judgment's coming. The wrath is about to fall. You better get right. There's a fire on the way. You better get right. And God's saying, where's my remnant? Where's my remnant? Where are the remnant people? Where are the ones who are standing? Where are the ones who aren't sitting down? Where are the ones who are proclaiming the truth? Where's my remnant? You men who are involved in construction and building, when you go to the store or the building supply place, you can normally go and ask them for sections of wood or granite or whatever material you're looking for and they'll give them to you at discount prices because they're what? A remnant. You women who sew, when you go to the fabric section and you ask for the fabric that's on the end of the bolt, they'll give it to you at a discount price because it's a remnant. The remnant. See, what a remnant is, is often 
the pieces of material that have been picked over and they've been cut off. They were attached to a bigger piece of something and they got separated. And now everyone looks at the remnant and thinks, that's not big enough to do the job that I need it to do. Everyone looks at the remnant and thinks, that's just a remnant. You can't do anything but that, but discard it. You can't do anything with that, but sell it at a discounted price. That's not big enough to make a countertop. That's not big enough to make a shirt. And where you go most often to find the remnants is a scrap pile. You go to the scrap pile and find the remnant. And I've come here with a message for you today that you might feel like you're too small to get the job done. You might feel like people wanted everyone else and you got cut off. You might have been the last one picked for the team. You might feel like you're not enough. You might feel like you're no good for anything. You might feel like you're just a little piece of something and you're laying in the scrap pile today. You might feel like you've been picked over and you've been sold for discount prices. But can I tell you today that God loves the remnant and he wants to use the remnant. God loves the scraps. God loves the ones who have been cast aside and told that they were good for nothing. God loves that. God loves the ones who were told all their lives that they're not good enough. They'll never be anything important. They'll never be used. They're just in the scrap pile. God loves the ones who feel like they've been marked down, that they're damaged goods. He loves the ones who are a little irregular. He loves the quirky ones, the weird ones. God loves the ones who everybody looks at and thinks they seem like they're a little off. God wants the ones that no one else wants. That's the remnant. That's the remnant. If you think you're a little funny, if you think you look a little different, if you think when you look in the mirror, I could, I could never be anything important. God could never use me for anything great. If you feel like you, you've just been on the scrap pile of life, you've been tossed away by people. If you feel like you've just been cast aside, you've been rejected and overlooked and felt unwanted, I've got some good news for you. You're called to be the remnant. You're called to be the remnant. You're called to be someone who stands out from the rest. The reason that you never fit in, the reason that people rejected you was because you were called to stand out from the rest. Uh, you, God made you that way. God made you look a little funny to yourself and to other people. God made you with quirks to act a little bit different. So people look at you and say, that person stands out from everybody else. Uh, that person is a little bit different from everybody else. Uh, and God wants to use the people who feel like they never fit in anywhere. God wants to use the people who feel like they're not good in enough the ones who are unlikely and underestimated the ones who have been told they would never be good enough for anything God will use the tidbits and the leftovers until he does something amazing with them. He will pull you out of that scrap pile. He'll pull you out of the junk pile and he'll do something awesome with you if you'll let him use you and if you'll make up your mind, I am the remnant. Being the remnant, being the scraps aren't a bad thing. I'm reminded, I've been reminded as I was writing this message of that old song by Dolly Parton. Now, don't go listen into a bunch of her other music, okay? I don't want mute that on the screen and everything. But she wrote a song called Coat of Many Colors. 
and she said that her mom had been given a box of rags and she sewed them together and made her a coat and she said other people poked fun at it but I loved that coat of many colors I loved that coat that mom made for me because I knew that she made it with love and if you are a scrap today if you feel like you've been cut off and you're no good for anything let me tell you something God can take you and he can make something out of you and he can use you and you're called to be a remnant you're called to be a remnant and stand up for truth and stand up for what's right in the midst of a world where right is being called wrong and wrong is being called right you're called to tell people the truth in love and warn them that destruction is on the way you're called to carry the faith to everybody you come into contact with and tell them the good news as Noah and his family climbed on that ark for the very last time and the door shut I'm sure they looked at each other and they walked onto that ark and they wished that things had been different I'm sure that they wished that people would have opened their hearts to the message and changed I'm sure that they wished that the ark would have been big enough to save everybody I'm sure that they wished that everything had gone different but they were the select few the remnant who were able to get on the ark before the door slammed shut and there's coming a day very soon when the door's going to slam shut that ark door was heavy and the bible said god closed it when that door went shut i'm sure it slammed i'm sure it slammed there's coming a day when the door's gonna slam shut. It's not gonna be an easy closing where everybody's able to see it from a distance and be warned that the door's closing as it's closing and run and be able to climb up the door and get in. The door's gonna slam shut with no warning and then judgment's gonna fall. There's coming a day where God's remnant that is here on the earth right now is gonna be taken away while the rest of the world is subjected to judgment. So I've got two questions for you today. Number one, first of all, are you saved? First of all, are you saved? And number two, are you part of the remnant? Because I'm not entirely sure that they are one and the same. I'm not entirely sure that just because you're covered in the blood that you're part of the remnant who is standing up and saying this is right and this is wrong. There are a lot of people who are covered in the blood who are celebrating everything that grace can do for them and they're sinning and they're saying it's covered by grace. But they're not standing up for what's right. They're not proclaiming truth. There are a lot of people who are saved and just coming to church. Never try to win anybody. Never try to tell anybody about what God's done for their life. See, a remnant goes the extra mile. A remnant has to stretch a little bit sometimes in order to fit. But I challenge you today to be the remnant, to be the difference maker. See, there were lots of people that knew Noah. Lots of people knew Noah. There were lots of people who were extended family. There were aunts and uncles, cousins, brothers, 
sisters, nieces, nephews, in-laws that never made it on the ark. They never made it on the ark. Where you stand with God is one of the only times in the entire world that guilt by association doesn't work. Guilt by association doesn't work in the kingdom of God. Your mom might be saved. That doesn't mean you are. Your wife might be part of the remnant. That doesn't mean you are. Being a remnant is an individual decision made by each person. You can come to church. You can pay your tithes. You can say all the right things. You can know all the worship songs. You can lift all your your hands in all the right spots. You can pray in tongues. And that does not mean you are part of the remnant. There's a reason that it's a remnant There are select few who are part of the remnant. It doesn't include every church, and it doesn't include every person who goes to every church. Being a part of the remnant is only for those who are willing to stand in the face of everything that is contrary to God's word and not back down. Being a remnant is just being the ones who are saying, you know what, I'm going to stand and believe what God's word says, and if that means that nobody else goes with me, I'm going to do it anyway. Though none go with me, still I will follow. I'm going to tell you today, being a remnant is hard work. Being a remnant is difficult. It's going to mean that people are going to look at you and they're going to say, you're weird. You're crazy. That's, that's not, that's never going to happen. That's Jesus is never going to come back. Jesus is never going to come back. They're going to look at you and say that the Bible's old. It's outdated. It's false. They're going to use all sorts of things against you. They're going to tell lies about you. They're going to tell things about you that you couldn't even think of. But being a remnant is when God will look at you and say, come on, come on, come on. I'm calling you out. You're going to be used by me. And then after you're used, I'm going to take you home. After you're used, I'm going to separate you from all this mess that's going on in the world. But after you're used, after you've proclaimed my truth, all that you can proclaim it, I'm getting you out of here. I'm going to put you in the ark and I'm going to shut the door. He's going to get the ones who are the remnant out of here. I truly believe it. And are you the remnant today? Are you the remnant in the midst of a people who are going the absolute opposite way? that the Bible says to go. Are you a remnant today in the midst of a nation who are condoning things that the Bible says not to do? They're legislating abominations. Just because the government says it's okay does not mean that God approves it. Just because the government allows it does not mean they're higher than God. Are you being a remnant or have you allowed things to come in And in your mind, you think, that's not that bad of a sin. That's not that, that's not one of the big ones. I could probably get away with that. We've got to stand up. We've got to be a remnant. We've got to tell people, we're on the home stretch. We're on the home stretch. We really are. I believe that God gives us signs for the for the times and for the seasons. Do you believe that? I believe that God shows us where we're at, that we can discern the times that we're in. And if anyone saw the blood moon that was over the Middle East just this past week, on their Valentine's Day, what they consider their, to be kind of like their Valentine's Day, the day they celebrate love, and they all say to each other, it's a great day for a wedding. 
it's the great day for a wedding. It's also the day they celebrate the rebuilding of the temple. The blood moon fell on that day. You think God's not moving? You think God's not giving us signs? We're right there. We're right there. Will you stand to your feet with me this morning? Be the remnant. Be the remnant. I want to open this altar up today. And the first question I asked was, are you saved? Do you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Do you know? Do you know that if he came back today, where you'd stand? Would you stand in his presence in heaven? Or would you be standing right here? Would you be standing with him? Or would you be standing right where you're at right now? If you can't answer that question, I'd love to meet you at this altar. We don't have a lot of time left. We don't have a lot of time left. There's no time to waste. And so I'm going to count to three. And I'm going to ask anyone who says, I don't know where I'd be. If Jesus came back today, I don't know where I'd be. If I went down the road and something terrible happened, if I was in a car wreck, if I had a heart attack, if something happened to me, I don't know where I'd be. I don't know if I'd stand with him in heaven or I don't know if I'd go to hell. I don't know. I want to meet you at this altar at the count of three. And also I want to meet anyone who says, I've not been doing what I need to do, proclaiming the truth the way that I need to proclaim it, telling people about Jesus the way I need to tell it. I've not been living the way that I need to live. I've not been living as the remnant. I've been playing around. I've been messing around with things. I've, I've not been standing for what's right. I've been participating in things that I shouldn't be. I want to meet you at this altar as well. I'm going to do one count and I want everybody to move who wants to come to this altar and pray. And if you don't know Jesus, I want you to meet me at this altar as well. One, two, three. I want to meet you at this altar. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to make you say anything. But if you say, I need to, I need to know that I'm right with God. I need to be a part of the remnant. We're going to sing this song. And as we sing it, come. Oh, Lamb of God, I come. I come. Say, I've been messing around in things. I've been messing around in things. And I need to get right. I want to meet you at this altar. It takes a conscious decision to be a part of the remnant. It takes a conscious decision. Life is made up of those decisions. And we make those decisions about a lot of things. What a better decision to make than to say, I need to be right with God today. I need to be right with God today. We just want to pray with you. 
I come just as I am and waiting not to rid my soul of one dark blot to thee whose blood can cleanse each spot O Lamb of God I come I come Will you stretch your hands forward to this altar right now? I want to pray the sinner's prayer first and then I want to pray over this the people who have come forward in our entire congregation. Let's pray the sinner's prayer together. Say, Dear Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner. I confess that I've sinned. And I ask you to forgive me. I believe you're the Son of God. I believe you died on the cross. And I ask you to wash me in the blood. Now fill me with the Holy Ghost. I'm not turning back from this day forward. I belong to God in your name. Amen. Father God, right now, I pray over this, the people at this altar. I pray over this congregation, Lord, that we would be the remnant people. God, that we would stand up when everybody else is bowing down. God, that we would tell the truth when everybody else is lying. God, that we would declare that right is right and wrong is wrong. God, that we would use the gifts and the talents that you've given us to reach the people who we are surrounded with. God, let us not go through life and just be satisfied to be saved and on our way to heaven. But God, let us effect the kingdom of heaven. Let us affect the kingdom of darkness. Let us, God, be proclaimers of the truth in the face of everyone else who is telling us the Bible is outdated. The Bible is old. Jesus isn't coming back. Let us proclaim the truth, God, and let us set the record straight with love, God, to the people who we know, to the people who we come into contact with. God, the days are numbered. The days are short. And one of these days, God, the remnant people is going to be called into the ark and the door will slam shut. So God, help us to be that remnant. Help us to be the people who, who stand on truth, God, who love you with all of our hearts and who cling to our faith and God never let it go. Now, God, I plead the blood of Jesus over every single person in this building today as they go. God, I pray that you would bless their day. Bring them back here tonight. In Jesus name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Faith Talk podcast. If you would like to connect with the host, you can do so on Facebook at Caleb Schaefer Ministry, on Instagram at Caleb underscore Schaefer, or by visiting www.calebschaefer.com. Be sure to check out Caleb's worship albums on iTunes, Amazon Music, and wherever digital music is sold or streamed. If you've been encouraged today, please share this podcast with your friends and loved ones. May God bless you, and remember to tune in next week for another episode of the Faith Talk Podcast.